All right, welcome to a new edition of Kids on the Pitch podcast. This is the podcast that focuses on the scholastic, uh, the young uh, soccer players. And we we love to talk about a lot of things relating to youth soccer. But this time of year, we really get amped up. We really get excited because the high, high school soccer season is about to kick off. And w- what better uh, way to start the season by having a couple kickoff classics. And last year we had... Uh, Jordan Wigan on at the beginning of the season to talk about the the JR, I believe the JRK Memorial hosted by Pine Richland and Jordan is nice enough to join me and also with me tonight uh, is Matt Popchock who's going to be uh, broadcasting um, some of the games for Pittsburgh Soccer now um, at the tournament at the uh, JRK Classic and uh, so both gentlemen welcome uh, welcome aboard welcome to another season of high school soccer. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me, John. It, uh, it certainly snuck up on me, that's for sure. It, it, it literally has snuck up on us. I was on vacation last week and, and I came back and I was like, oh my goodness, this is, I can't believe Friday is it's kickoff day. So, um, you know, Matt, uh, you know, you and I have been discussing this, but this tournament, um, we, we were there last year. It was a lot of fun uh, and a great way to start the season. And Jordan, you have You've doubled your number of participants, I believe. Uh, now you have twelve teams. Let's start off there. Let's talk about the uh, the, the kickoff classic. No, again, you know, a great event goes to a great cause in memory of uh, you know past alumni of Pine Richland, um, dating back. And it's nice that we can keep uh, his memory alive. And in doing so, too, my hope was always to. You know, just boost the opening weekend in Pittsburgh. It just seems like there really hadn't been too many uh, large-scale events. And now that we have the resources and accommodations, we're just really hoping to put on a show, you know, for everyone to get bring uh, soccer just a little bit more attention. Yeah, so maybe walk us through the development of this classic, and, and especially in recent years since you've been coach. I believe you've been coach since 2019 at Pine Richland. Obviously, last year was a quite a whirlwind. It started off with this tournament. You played, um, you know, you had a couple of tough matches, but you you won both matches, and you know you were competitive in 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 a grueling grueling section. But all that competitive play uh, really did prepare you, and the non section play that you faced in this in this you know in this type of comp- competition uh, prepared you to play in the WPIL playoffs and lo and behold, you, you went all the way and you, and you knocked off, you really stunned the giant. You guys were the giant killers uh, beating uh, Seneca Valley. Uh, I'm sure it's still been difficult to come back down to earth uh, and, and get to reality with training camp this year. No, you're right. I mean, it was just, it was an unreal feeling. I mean, something, you know, that, I can at least speak on a personal level for myself and you've been following me for a while. We've known each other for a long time, but something that, you know, I've definitely have wanted gotten very close and, you know, just even that experience of playoffs and the drought that, you know, Pine Richland was going through when I was, when I got there, it was just great to give those boys even just that opportunity to compete because as you know, you know, the playoff, dynamic and tempo is just a little bit different than the regular season not too far off from our section like you mentioned but yeah it's it was just a great overall experience last year I do think setting up some of these uh you know really uh, nice competitive matches you know whether 
out of classification with some strong triple A teams, you know, getting, uh, you know, even your South Park involved. We're getting a team from Wheeling this year. I just think it'll really improve the dynamic overall and get some, you know, play some different teams that we haven't really, really heard of or seen. Right. And you speaking of different teams, uh, Kiskey School, not to be confused with Kiskey Prep, the private school, Kiskey School, uh, will be participating too. Uh, that's unique. I mean, we haven't really seen them compete or at least maybe there's been scrimmages here and there over the years, but I haven't really seen them compete with WPIL teams. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I know, you know, they have a great track record. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a little unfamiliar with, you know, the private school league, how that works. I know there's a lot of travel involved in that and what they currently plan, but I, I mean, they've definitely produced a lot of good talented kids that seem to go on to play at next level. So, I mean, you can one can only assume it's going to be a really tough team and a really fun matchup for those others. Yeah, Matt, do you have anything uh, that you wanted to add to uh, to? I yeah, think, absolutely. I leave um, for you now. Uh, first of all, uh, great to hear from you again, Coach. Looking forward to uh, getting the band back together this weekend. Obviously, it should be <laughs> a very fun event and a fun weekend. Um, I'm impressed by the resume of teams. Uh, that are involved this year. You've got three of the four reigning Whippeal champs, uh, eight of the 10 Whippeal teams that are participating altogether uh, were teams that made last year's playoffs. So it's really uh, an iron sharpens iron kind of thing, no matter uh, <laughs> if you're talking about Pine Richland or whichever team you talk about. Um, I, I guess you had, uh, when we spoke earlier in the week, you had talked about uh, the difficulty of the section you play in and how important it was to uh, set a tone early in the season by playing a good discipline game. Uh, are there any other keys you see to uh, surviving and holding your own in uh, the section this year? Because it's, uh, you know, it's not going to get any easier for sure. No, that's just the uh, most challenging part about it. I mean, that's, I've said it in the past too. It's also a lot of fun, but it's nerve wracking because every single match is a match in our section, no matter what. So yeah, I mean, other than being disciplined, I think just for us specifically, just kind of, I know you alluded to, you know, our last year's run and, you know, again, something we'll never forget, something that a lot of the returning guys got to be a part of and can call themselves Whippeal champions. But I think the the challenge for us is just sort of forming our own identity, you know, not going off of, yeah, we can take those experiences that we learned from, you know, past seasons and put it together to good use for this season. But at the end of the day, we're not last year's team. We need to form a new identity for this year's team. So, you know, whether that is some changes in playing style or, you know, personnel, uh, those are sort of what I look forward to about this weekend because last year we figured out a lot about ourselves between the two scrimmages and the two opening weekend games. This year, I can't imagine it will be any different, and hopefully it'll – you know, get us one step closer to being ready for our first section game Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, as you guys, uh, as you guys demonstrated uh, a year ago, you know, all you have to do is really get into the playoffs and then uh, all bets seem to be off. Anything can and does happen uh, in that classification at that level. Uh, you had also mentioned among your players to watch, uh, you seem particularly high uh, on a couple of your central midfielders, uh, Nathan Bang 
And one player you mentioned who I immediately recognized, the name jumped out at me when you mentioned it, uh, Finn Kitchy, uh, had a big goal uh, in last year's event, actually, in the first game, uh, the deciding goal on a win over Franklin Regional. Uh, what do you like about those two players? I mean, they're just very dynamic. They they really, their, you know, soccer ability and IQ is through the roof. Um some passes that most people, you know, maybe wouldn't be brave enough to pick out or creative enough to pick out. They just seem to have that knack for it when they're on the ball. So it's it's more entertaining to watch than anything. Um, and, you know, those are the type of players you kind of, hey, you're off, off the leash, you know, from a system in some perspective and have fun with it because it's just – it's really brilliant to watch. So, yeah, those two definitely are going to be uh, uh, hopefully, you know, a nice duo pairing going into this season. Yeah, and I remember, um, I, I remember being at last year's event, watching uh, both of your guys' games. Actually, you, you beat Franklin Regional. You went on to beat Penn Trafford, back to back clean sheets for that matter. Uh, two wins, two games in a row. And uh, I, I remember at the beginning of last year, you had talked about ending the playoff drought. You know, being uh, taking that step to contender. And I remember sitting in the press box with John, and, and I was as I was watching these games. Uh, I sort of quietly thought to myself, yeah, this is nice, but what's going to happen when they go up against Seneca Valley or what's going to happen <laughs> when they go up against Fox Chapel or NA or any of the other teams that, you know, literally anybody seems equally capable of uh, of going on a run. But your your group last year uh, and culminating in that championship game, uh, the eyebrow raiser really at Highmark, um, you guys showed metal uh, really to beat that team. Do you see a lot of that medal in this year's group? I mean, I do. We have six to seven returning starters. Um, and again, that sounds great, but until we really get it figured out and rolling, we just we just have some work to do. But in those regards, like hard not for those guys that were a part of it and even those guys that were on the roster that were younger, you know, that were eager, waiting for their chance. Hard for me to believe that, that that would not transfer over from last year to this year. I mean, our mindset is always head down. We're going to keep playing. We're going to just play our style, stick to what we know. Um, you know, obviously, we're going to try to figure out our opponent. But at the end of the day, uh, yeah, for how grueling it is, it's everyone's asking me, well, you know, Whitfield Championship. I'm like, well, that's second step. First step is still playoffs. That's just uh, that's just uh, how we uh, think over here. Yeah, just get in first and then survive in advance and all that good stuff. I mean, it it, it really is a, it, it's anybody's tournament once you get in, especially especially in in quad A. Yes, I would completely agree with that. And again, I mean, just it was easy for you know past years maybe to be able to pluck who the top team would be since they were for four straight years in our section. But, uh, you know, we always knew everyone else was going to beat each other up and for those last three spots. And this year, I think it'll look a little bit different. It'll be interesting to see the landscape of our uh, section in general. Uh, all right. Well, Jordan, we'd we'll like to wrap it up, but maybe if you can just kind of let people know um, details on the tournament, uh, the, the classic. Uh, obviously, you're kicking off on Friday night against Wheeling, um, probably an opponent you don't know hardly anything about. but I'm sure that's that must be challenging, but kind of walk us through what the weekend will look like. And and I know there's going to be a mix of 
varsity games for all 12 teams will play twice, but also there's going to be some, some teams will have their JV uh, middle school teams playing as well. Yeah, no, I mean, this, this event consists of 12 teams for this, for this upcoming uh, weekend. We fit the games in with a uh, debuting on Friday evening where we'll be playing. And then um, there'll be another match going on at our ramp cage. So we will debut Friday and then, Full slate of games, as you saw, all Saturday and Sunday, uh, flipping back and forth between junior varsity playing first and then varsity to follow with just a, a lot of great competitive teams. Um, you know, and, and again, like you said, iron sharpens iron and uh, a lot of teams are going to have a lot of fun. A lot of teams are going to have their hands full this upcoming weekend. But if it's anything, I just hope it's a great start to the season for everyone and especially for uh, high school soccer in the area. Again, just trying to keep promoting it and keep moving it in the right direction. And it's just nice that there's so many like-minded coaches out there that have that same feel. Yeah. So real quick, the schedule, I won't go through every single game, but I will tell that the first Friday night, it's going to be uh, Wheeling Park against Pine Richland, eight o'clock, the varsity game uh, at the stadium. And Matt will be on the call for that one. And then also at the same time uh, at the Ram cage, uh, Winchester Thurston will be taking on North Catholic. And then Saturday, everybody else gets involved. You'll have North Allegheny and Ambridge. You'll have Moon and Kiskey School. You'll have, again, Pine Richland returning, uh, playing North Catholic. Uh, then you have South, as you mentioned, South Park playing Tra Penn Trafford. Wheeling Park will play Franklin Regional. And Winchester Thurston takes on Schiller. I think I covered everybody. Um, yeah, I mentioned every school. Um, so we'll be there, uh, different types of coverage, but Matt will be on the, um, the eight o'clock Friday night game. And I believe the seven 45, um, uh, game, both of the Pine Richland games, uh, Matt will be on the call for, and then I will be covering some of the afternoon games and, uh, getting some post-match interviews, things like that. So Jordan, um, again, thank you for joining us and, uh, good luck in the, in the tournament. Hey, thank you both. Looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. All right. We are now with South Park girls coach, head coach, TJ O'Brien. TJ, great to have you on uh, the Kids on the Pitch podcast. And uh, I see you wearing your beadling shirt as well. Uh, you're uh, your a beadling guy too, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's a busy time. I got to be at the field house here in about 45 minutes for that training session. Just left the high school in the rain to go to the field house. So it's just busy time oh, of the year. At least you're inside now for the rest of the night. Yes, we are going to be under a roof, which is nice. Yeah, uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, being a oh, well, I was there. I was a coach, at the, you know, a member of the, the whirlwind of of the fall season, um, especially when you if you're, mm -hmm. if you're coaching on the club side and you've got the younger kids you know, that are still competing in the fall, but then you, you kind of go back and forth with the high schools. It, it can be, it can be quite a bit. Um, so how, how's the preseason been so far uh, with the South Park girls? Uh, pretty good. I mean, we're, we had our first friendly against Canamac on Monday uh, and then we got another one uh, coming up tomorrow at three 30 against Shaler. Uh, pre girls are conditioned. They look good. Uh, they do a pretty good summer program. So they work with uh, UPMC as part of our school's program for strength and conditioning. And then they also do something uh, with strength, fitness, and speed with Ed, who I ironically went to when I was a kid, uh, when I played at South Park. So they, they get a lot of work in. 
a lot of the preseason is kind of fine tuning some things, as you know, figuring out some of your line conditioning stuff, figuring out your positional play, which combinations are going to work. We, we lost six quality players last year and kind of got a crop of kids coming in that can step up, but also some returning players. So we look at these friendlies as an opportunity to mix and match, expose some things on our end, uh, try and find what works, what doesn't work. And then I always typically look at the season ahead and kind of benchmark certain games and say, okay, we know this team's going to play this style. So then I got to try and think, okay, well, this formation works for this style or against it based on what we have. It's a lot of uh, me and Josh, who's my assistant, we do a lot of chess moving, a lot of whiteboard work to try and figure stuff out. And again, the kickoff classic, as you mentioned, is another kind of opportunity for us to get that. I'll, I'll say it's close to that playoff type atmosphere because it does kind of feel like a little tournament type situation. So it gets you kind of into it, but it's before really the season starts, which I, which I like. I like getting it out of the way early as kind of a, a kickstart to the season. Similar how like NCAA does the basketball tournaments where you kind of go down to that event to prep yourself for your section play and, and your important non-section game. So. Yeah. And, you know, you've, you've walked into this program, obviously you're very familiar because you went to South park, you played there mm -hmm. and, and you no, know, it, it, it just synonymous with success in terms of high school soccer and in, in our area um, and especially section championships and things like that. And, and Whitfield championships and, um, you know, you, I think you came on board in 2020, I believe, um, as the head coach. I, my, my first year I, was the COVID year. Uh, right, right. That's, so, of that's course, that very hard to forget. Was, yeah, it was, you know, it was so unique. Uh, you know, that was crazy. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, so building, you know, it's it sort of sometimes coaches have to come in and kind of build a, a winning culture. In your case, it's, it's about building upon a world winning culture, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of what we had, I mean, the, the girls understood how to win. I, I will definitely say that my style of coaching was definitely different than Shelley's. My expectation and style of play, I'm more of kind of a modern game type of coach. A lot of build out, a lot of possession base, a lot of shifting, interchanging. So for my coaching style, it's a lot of get the tactics and the fundamental stuff down. And then you can do the higher IQ movements and the higher IQ systems of play. Uh, throughout the season and that's honestly why I like high school so much is it's not a it, it's not like club from a recruiting standpoint like if you don't have a if you don't have a, a and I'm like my goalkeeper G is fantastic but if you don't have a goalkeeper you got to get one instead you say okay well I have a goalkeeper that's really good with their feet you kind of build off of that but the, the kids do get it we've done a lot of a lot probably more work that's been in the past of going down into the the youth programs that's the one beauty about high school is you know what your pipeline is for the mm -hmm. most part, other than somebody like your private or your academies, like they kind of don't know. So they kind of on a whim at times or pulling kids in from here and there. You never really know what you're going to get with them. With us, like I know the crop of kids that's coming up in five years. How can we impact that? How do you get your high school team to relate to the community? We do a lot of like getting our girls to help in the academy. We do a high school camp. We do camps uh, even during the season. We'll go support trainings on Saturday with the, the girls coming down and helping. Um, so for me, it's kind of taking that culture to the next step to get yourself in a position where the, the kids are coming through and they understand what the expectations are. But I mean, I found out about the section records nonsense with 25 last year when uh, Ken called me and just wanted to have a talk about it. And I'm like, I didn't even know that that was a really thing at that point. Um, yeah. I mean, when I was there, I graduated 2005. So ever since that time, 
South Park's done nothing but win. And I think a lot of it was pressure coming in too, because they lost some big time players the year before we came through. And a lot of people were like, well, Hey, you better not be the first one to do this. And I didn't really think anything of it, but I left high school on an undefeated note on the boys side with John in 2005, I came back and I said, okay, can't got to keep that streak going. Like I can't come in and my first, my first stint be just off the blocks, fall off a cliff. So, yeah, but it's tough though. I mean, obviously there's a, you know, especially in double a, it just seems like, you know, there's some, there's some really good teams and really good sections. And it's tough. Like I think these classics or these kickoff classics or these non-section matches are very helpful. I believe last year, um, I'm trying to remember who it was, but they made the final. Was it McGuffey? Um, and uh, you played out of them out of section or not McGuffey. Um, Mount Pleasant. Um, I'm sorry, Southmoreland, right? I'm sorry. Uh, Mount- well, no. So we, Mount Pleasant. Yeah. Mount so Pleasant. Rich I'm sorry. You're right. Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. I don't know yeah. why I'm getting Right. Well, Mount Pleasant, well-coached team, uh, a team that you played. Yep. I believe you played them in in a in a regular season. And you we know, did. We'll play them. We'll play them again this year. Yeah, I mean, and those are the type of matches that are that are really good for you know your program and to to be able to look at like kind of a barometer measuring stick. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, yeah, the big, I, the big thing. Yeah, I think the big thing for me for those non-section games, and I tell my AD every year, like I'll I'll look at the I'll look at the division of the classification and go, okay, here's what eight teams I think are going to probably be in the final eight. And I'll tell him, go get me three or four of those non-section. And the reason why I do that one, I do think it helps the committee because there's a bit of crossover where if you just yeah. stay in your section, that's great. But the COVID year was the hardest year to seed anybody because everybody only played section games. Mm-hmm. But I was, and you can thank John Cantwell for this on the boys side. I was brought up under the gearing of, why use non-section games just for easy wins? Like those are the opportunities for you to challenge yourself, to press yourself, to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and games because that prepares you, literally prepares you for the postseason because those are the type of games that you have. So like we'll go out, we'll play Bethel Park. We keep Thomas Jefferson on the schedule. Um, We'll like you look at the kickoff classic, the teams we put in there that we could get matched up against your upper St. Clair's, your Mount Lebanon's, your McDowell's. Fort LaBeouf, uh, Burl, who we have on our schedule. We won't play them in the Classic. They're in the other group. Um, but like, you try to put competitive games on there because you want to prepare your players with real-life real, real life experience versus just try to simulate it. It's simulate that environment. And if you can get it in real time, it's nothing but beneficial to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that the committee certainly does look at. But, yeah, this tournament, this opening seat, you know, way to get the season off i mean you got to turn around and play you know early next week uh and in, in section play again too so mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of things you want to see in these two two matches aren't there you know in terms of players and being able to see absolutely i mean we in i mean sex a hundred a hundred percent and the way that our sections slated off is the big section game and this isn't a knock to the other teams in our section but the big section game against shady side is the second round set in so i mean you you want to be as prepared as possible you don't want to drop an early section game against the rival you don't want to slip up at any one point um, when it comes to those section seeding components absolutely so but like like i said the, i think 2a has been it's been just if you look across the board, like I didn't, I didn't see Mount Pleasant coming last year and 
um, you know, that was that was an impressive run for them. And they were a tough side. And, and you got Shady side who, you know, dominated in single A. Then they've they've played up now to two A and 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 it hasn't gone as well as it did in in single A, um, so uh, you know that I think that's tough and of course North Catholic was was there, um, uh, and, and of course Avonworth is just you know they've been just blowing through uh, you know impressively but they they've struggled though in regular seasons they haven't always been the top seed. Yeah, I mean, it, it, at Avonworth, I remember the one year they had some injury issues early. I think this was my second year um, at South Park. We actually got somehow matched up in the second round, and me and JC talked about it. And, again, they had an awkward start to the season, and the committee kind of looked at it, and somehow they they pinned us and paired against each other. But at the same standpoint that season, we tied Elizabeth forward twice in our section. And I told the girls, I'm like, that's on you. So you have essentially a potential semifinal game in the second round because we didn't do the job we needed to do in section. Uh, Mount Pleasant, I, I'm fortunate enough to coach some of the girls or be involved with some of those the beadling girls, especially the GA kids. So I knew what Rich had coming in, um, which is one of the reasons why I wanted them on our schedule. Their front line is absolutely lethal. Uh, their back line, completely and unbelievably athletic. Midfield last year was fantastic. Uh, I was a big advocate for Garn. Um, she's going to be a piece. And I don't know if she got enough recognition, in my opinion, with how critical and how important she was to solidify the anchor in the midfield for them. Uh, but again, you know what Avonworth has. Uh, it's, I mean, they return pretty much everybody and they have arguably one of the best midfields in the Whippeal, regardless of classification. Double A for me is a very, very parity based division because you got a lot of very talented schools. Um, like you said, Shadyside, North Catholic, they're the two schools where you kind of never know what they're going to have, but there's a lot of kids that, that do want to go to those schools that are very talented kids. So they maybe, and especially where North Catholic situated up in that Pine Richland, NA Butler area. So those families that want to continue their Catholic education, stay in that window. So you get big time, big program type of kids that come to that smaller environment and do incredibly well. Uh, Burl last year was fantastic. Uh, they were they were tough to tough to score against. They had a good midfield, and they were they're getting healthy again. Um, Shady Side was another one. They they get Liptech back. She's a fantastic player, so they get healthy as well. We get Riveridge back from our end, which is it's just there's so many good players in Double A. It's going to be an interesting watch to see how Double A pans itself out. I, I do feel like with Quad A, you can kind of determine who your top four teams are already. Triple A, you kind of know where the benchmarks are there. Single A, same thing. Double A, outside of maybe like your top two, everything else is very malleable in, in what could happen. Um, and again, who's who's healthy, who's clicking at the right time, and, and just how do the matchups work out? If, if you have an awkward matchup in a second round, you may see an upset. Uh, and Beaver's another one to not sleep on. I apologize. I'm not, I don't yeah, want to knock any of the other teams, right. but I know Beaver's got some talent. Mm -hmm. out there as well. Like Contos uh, uh, is fantastic young player. Um, there's, there's so much talent in double A. It's going to be a very interesting postseason, even regular season. Cause there's a lot of good matchups from what I'm seeing on some people's schedules as well. Uh, once the post-gazette get back up, hopefully we can see everybody's schedule. That's kind of been a bit of a <laughs> I know, it was frustrating thing. About that. Well, we'll do our part. We'll try to, to do go. our part. Uh, it's tough. We're, we're, yeah, we're so, somebody's got to pick it up. Somebody's got to pick it up. Cause we'll try. We'll, we'll I, I'm do sick, of going, we'll do I'm we sick of going website to website. I got to call. I got I have a, a call into Ethan at the WPIL and see what we can do. But, you know, we also have jobs and work stuff too. So, uh, but yeah, if we yep. could, if I could do that 
full time, I'd be on it. I'd be all over it, you know, mm -hmm. standings and statistics, whatever we can do. But uh, we'll work on that. We'll get in there. Um, but yeah, before I let you go, I know you got to get back to to your training and, and, and it's a busy day for you. And I do really appreciate your time. Um, just, just give our listeners just kind of one more, you know, kind of an overview of the South Hills kickoff classic and, um, and maybe just talk about the, at least the first round of matches It's Friday and Saturday. Is that correct? No, well, oh. usually it is. Usually it's a Friday, Saturday. Um, our football program has a home game that day, oh. so we'll slide that to Saturday, Sunday. Now, in the past, they would go to Century, uh, Century Field out in South Park, and do either Friday there, Saturday at the high school. But I'm a big advocate of trying to keep it on campus. I just think the environment there is a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, our goal for the classic always is to try and get very competitive games. Uh, Ideally, I would love to see a situation where it is kind of what I'll say a four and four, where you have four teams that are from the Whippeal and four teams that are non-Whippeal. I did reach out to try and get my, I would say my dream for it and maybe a couple years away is to maybe have a team or two from Ohio. Uh, we've had some communication with some schools in West Virginia to try and give teams opportunities to play good competition that they don't otherwise see. Right. Um, and, and try to learn how to adapt, because, again, this is an opportunity to put your put your teams in a very competitive, uncomfortable or an opportunistic situation to kind of simulate as much of that playoff atmosphere as you can or that playoff mentality as you can. Um, so that's always been at least the goal since I've been there. I know that was the goal in the past. I mean, the event's been going on for, I think, over 10 years at this point. I know it was there before uh, my previous AD left, and he was there for seven years. I've been – this will be my fourth year here, so we're at least past that. Uh, but we also try to – I mean, ideally, classifications all over. Uh, so you obviously bring it up for St. Clair, Mount Lebanon. You're going to have uh, McDowell's in there. It's a fantastic program that came down last year. You have Mercyhurst come in. Stevie's pretty much a regular there. I mean, Peters at one point was in there. We had Oakland Catholic last year. We got Fort LaBeouf again. Uh, Burl's a new uh, attendant this year, which is good. Um, and then you you kind of just try and mix and match. You have the six or seven staples. Ideally, I think the goal would be to maybe get it to 12 so you can have the full day or full slots of games. And then if you can get it to a point where it's consistent – I would love to turn this into kind of a, a small recruiting opportunity for the local schools. I mean, we've had, I know Mercyhurst has come down in the past and we've had some other small division two, II, division three schools that have come down because some of the kids that either don't play club, they don't really understand, like they want to play in school, but they don't know how to do it or they don't know how to reach out. They don't understand that, that platform or how to like showcase that component. If we can turn this into say a mini showcase type of opportunity uh, where schools can send maybe their assistant down and just tag some kids that they want to see. Yeah. And that's ultimately the goal exposure, opportunity to play, opportunity to get better, uh, opportunity to challenge yourselves. I mean, that's what this whole thing is about. I mean, we play the girls play this game. And like I played this game for one reason it's a game, it's a contest. You want to compete against the best. You, you want to to get to the next level. You, you want to kind of improve every single day. So that's kind of how we build this thing. Well, it's a great way to kick off the high school season, uh, the, this event and Jordan, you know, with the JRK Classic at Pine Richland. And, you know, they, they yep. uh, this year, we were just talking about that with him earlier, is that he was able to get go outside of the WPIL 
um, with Wheeling Park and with with Kiski School. So, you know, who knows on the yep. growth side in the coming years, maybe uh, you'll have some some of those type of teams uh, in, in like, like you mentioned, Ohio as well. Um, I, I, I love that. And they do the East West Classic, too. I mean, those those the WPIL teams are pretty much every year. It's the same three. I think it were two. It's usually Quaker Valley and Mount Lebanon on the boys side and they play. Mm-hmm. a couple of teams from the East that it, it's just every year and it's a pretty cool thing. And I think it's nice to see other schools like, you know, South Park doing this and Pine Ridge and doing theirs. So I think it's good stuff. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of tournaments that have popped up on the girls side too. I know Avonworth, I believe does one. Bethel goes out there. Um, you've uh, Ringgold who used to be a regular at ours. They, uh, they stepped out and did their own kind of like a charitable event type of uh, event as well. I mean, when I was a kid, we did the Pine Richland event back when you had that Upper St. Clair team with Scott Dilley, Mackie. That was my first exposure to that event, playing the number one team in the country by the end of the year for them. They were ridiculously fun to play against. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, I like the fact that it's off the season versus being like three or four games in just because it's kind of like that, okay, we're good, we're firing, we're ready to go uh, type of situation. You can kind of prep for that two days in a row through your preseason versus you jam those two days in between another three or four games. Cause the high school season as it is, is absolute chaos. So getting the, to be able to rest and recover and make sure that they, that all works out is great. But yeah, I, I like the fact everybody does it cause it's, it's a great way to kick it off. I just like the quad a schools. I think you have a little bit of issue with them because of the size of their section. They're limited to how many non-section games they can actually compete in just based on their, I think what are they seven or eight team sections. So you're going to yeah, have huge, very yeah. few, very few limited non-section games because you're stuck at 16 uh, for the regular season. So they have to be very selective on what they do and, and how they do it. And their sections are difficult as it is. So, um, but I'm glad the ones we have in there, I think are pretty consistent. I got a good relationship with upper St. Clair and, and Mount Lebanon, uh, very good friends with those two coaches. So I have a feeling those two will be staples. Uh, it's just continuing to kind of build and add to it make it a little bit more diverse if we can. Well, looking forward to seeing how it goes. We'll be following. There is a South Hills uh, kickoff classic Twitter account. So people get those score updates and things like that. Of course, on Pittsburgh soccer. Now we'll have the scores and the updates Uh, we'll be doing. We will post uh, as long as we get scores and updates reported to us. Um, We we'll retweet and we'll, we'll put posts out following later in the days uh, um, with all the action and all the, uh, the scores. So um, TJ, thanks so much for joining me and uh, hopefully we'll be talking as the season goes uh, forward and uh, it should be, it should be a really great season. Yeah, we're, we're excited for it. I know the girls are itching to go. So it's one more, one more scrimmage and then you're, they're done with preseason or hell week as they like to call it. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for having me on. It was great. Uh, anytime. Let me know. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for uh, coming on and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, John. See you. All right.